TSP Tipcast 107, running biomechanics and some quick fixes for knee pain. Hey gang, summer's here and it's only getting hotter, which is why I'm psyched to be using the new Camelback Ultra Pro and Circuit Vest for training. In fact, I like the incredibly svelte Ultra Pro, not just for long runs, but to carry my swim gear too. Uh, what a great way to not only cool off during a hot run, but also to get in some open water swim time. The collapsible quick stow chill flask is awesome for carrying a little drink, and I've got plenty of room for my swim gear as well. The pack is light and totally stable, making running super easy. To learn more, check out www.camelback.com. That's C A M E L. BAK.com. You can also check out my Xterra clinic at the Xterra EX2 race, July 9th in Cumberland, Maryland. I'll be talking about off-road try and giving away some great Camelback swag. Thanks, Camelback. Hey, gang. On Tipcast 107, I'll be wrapping up my tips on how you can apply the latest research on biomechanics and running to run pain-free. Now, Recall that running form or technique is largely maintained as we fatigue, but the muscle activation changes. This pattern largely means that it can be difficult to alter those habitual running patterns, particularly for those with issues like patellofemoral knee pain. However, running speed itself is ultimately determined by only two factors, stride length, okay, so how long your stride is, and stride rate or cadence. Now, elite runners have both a high cadence, about 180 steps per minute, and a relatively large stride length, uh, which is why they run so fast. Moreover, as they fatigue, they actually try to maintain that cadence at the expense of some of their stride length. So they will slow down a little bit, but they're gonna maintain their, their stride rate uh, or increase it slightly. In contrast, novice runners actually do the opposite. So a novice runner typically has this lower kind of plodding cadence to start, um, and that really slows down, and all they're doing is trying to increase their stride length. So sometimes you'll see runners, and it'll look like they're, they're, they're almost leaping at the end of a race. This not only increases glute activation, but also increases the eccentric or negative work at the knee and the patel femoral joint forces. Not a good thing, particularly if you have knee pain. Now, if you're a runner who suffers from this type of knee pain, uh, and that's really knee pain that is related to kind of the kneecap or above or behind it, uh, you may have really struggled to find a solution and, and probably have tried both resistance training or changing running shoes or, or any number. However, new research from Dr. Brian Heiderscheidt uh, at the University of Wisconsin indicates that simply increasing running cadence by 5 to 10% often results in significant reduction or elimination of patellofemoral knee pain, and that shift can happen in a month or less. Their work 
uh, proved to be highly successful in a range of runners and was easily adopted in as little as a week of training. So what does a 5 to 10% increase look like uh, and how can you actually implement that into your training? Well, first, you've got to actually determine what your preferred cadence is. Now, you can do this most easily if you have a Garmin or other watch that uses a foot pod. You can look back at your average cadence across several paces from an easy pace to a race pace. And that race pace should really be closer to, say, 180 steps per minute. Um, in my experience, the slower runs you do, particularly those easy paces, are the paces that tend to have really the slowest cadence and potential strain on the knee. Uh, you can also estimate your cadence by counting the number of single leg steps you take in 15 seconds then multiply by four. Uh, once you have that starting number, uh, you can then multiply by 1.1 and there's your 10% increase. So once you get that, that new cadence, you can either monitor it with your smartwatch if you have that or use either a free metronome app on your phone, which I've done in the past, um, or if you're like me, actually use my fitness swim uh a, a tempo trainer, which is a metronome in and of itself, it has an audible beep, pretty cheap, uh, and it clips on your belt. Um, I really prefer the audible beep because it allows me to really focus on my running, my running technique, and particularly the road ahead. Uh, either way, after three or four runs, most people actually adopt that higher cadence. And they just need maybe a refresher run every a uh, few weeks to make sure that you're you're still in that cadence range and particularly if you're monitoring your cadence with your watch you can look at that finally uh, be sure to use that 10% higher cadence on all of your runs adjusting it accordingly if your cadence varies across different paces now elite runners tend to have a a, a fairly high run cadence but in general in the slower runs, your run cadence is going to be a little bit lower. In the faster runs, it's going to be higher. So you want to use a 10% higher um, for those individual paces. Uh, but for most runners, this is going to be probably an increase of about 160 steps per minute to about 176 steps per minute. So about um, eight individual steps per leg. Now, if it's not already obvious. This trick probably works because running at any specific pace, uh, i.e. your speed isn't changing uh, for a pace, then as you increase cadence, your stride length has to decrease. Okay, so if you're going to maintain that speed, the uh, amount of distance that you cover per stride has to decrease. The decrease in stride length is going to reduce knee forces and hence that patellar pressure by actually about 10 to 15%, thus reducing or eliminating pain. So pretty cool fix, uh, super easy. And I do want to thank Dr. Heiderscheidt for reaching out to me um, and, uh, and and really giving me some, some insights into the research. Uh, I had some questions about it, so I do appreciate his help with that. Uh, but if you'd like to learn more about this topic or if you actually try this, uh, let me know how it works for you. You can email me at esppodcast at gmail.com. That's esppodcast at gmail.com. Uh, again, you can drop me other questions or comments there as well. Love to hear from you. Uh, also, please consider supporting the podcast with a donation of $5, $10, And you can do that by heading over to www.espanswers.com and hitting the donate button. 
on TipCast 108. I'm going to be discussing my thoughts on the DB Dill lecture at this year's ACSM conference and what I learned about the dangers of intensive exercise. Until then, if you're not thinking ahead, you're all behind. Maybe.